0: When I scored, my, my first touchdown ever scoring um, was so crazy. Kick return against to to Miami. Um, Peter Work was standing in the end zone. And Peter Work is known for being one of the greatest ever played at Florida State. But I got to wear number nine. And as I score, he, I'm looking dead at him. Hey, what's up? This is Peter War, a.k.a. He does. And the house, we so, are listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose. This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders great Deion Sanders my brother what's going on bro? man I, I could wake up to that greeting every day man that was awesome hello those fans this is former Seminole Derek Brooks and you're listening to Hear the spear presented to you by no game day James Wilder Jr. what's going on James thanks for having me on SSOD Florida State or die and go nose William Barnum Floyd gentlemen what's up
1: What's happening, guys? This is Logan from Here the Sphere, presented to you by Noel Game Day. I'm here tonight with our lead writer, Dustin Lewis, and our nerdy graphic designer, Fisher Atkins. How are you guys doing this evening?
2: Hey, what's going on? Happy to be back after a couple weeks break. And, uh, you know, I got some stuff to say tonight, but not more than Carlos Williams, that's for sure.
3: <laughs> what's going on, guys? Uh, like Dustin said, uh, little bit of a little bit of a break, but we're back. Feels good. I've been lying on a beach all week, um, so I'm refreshed and energized. Uh, like Dustin said, the interview we had with Carlos tonight uh, was was special and, and one of our favorites by far. Yes,
1: yes. Let me run you all through the lineup of where, what topics we'll be talking about tonight. Of course, we're going to start, start off with the ACC tournament. We're going to recap that. And we're going to look ahead now that we know the seed that Florida State is in. Uh, and then we're going to throw in the Carlos Williams interview, former national champion, uh, just got reinstated back into the NFL. That was an incredible interview by far. And I, know, I feel like I say this almost every other interview, but this is by far my favorite. Uh, he's a good dude, and he's, he's got a lot to say about his current situation, his pastimes in 2013. If you like st- stories uh, and like hearing a little bit of the insight of how the team was back in the day there uh, when they won that national championship, Carlos Williams is going to give you a lot of stories to listen to, so stay tuned for that, and then we're going to move on to a little bit of the spring practice uh, and, and give our predictions of guys who are going to show out breakout players on offense and defense uh, at the end of the spring, and then we're going to go over a little bit of the NFL free agency and some guys that sign new deals and switch to other teams, and there's a lot to talk about there, and then a little uh, at the end there, we'll go over a little bit of recruiting but uh, let's go ahead and get started. This is Dustin's area. Uh, as we know, Florida State uh, had had a great run in the ACC tournament. Uh, Florida State made it to the ACC championship after defeating Virginia Tech 63-65 to with a Terrence Mann lob uh, the save it all. And then also Florida State took care of business against the number one seed in the tournament, Virginia, 69-59, 10-point win there. Uh, and then they faced... Uh, Zion, I don't know who that is, but uh, they faced uh, against Duke uh, last night. Uh, they lost that game, seventy-three to sixty-three. Dustin, give me give me your reaction, uh, just how the tor- tournament went for Florida State, and uh, definitely that game last night.
2: I mean, I think it's definitely an encouraging performance for Florida State when when you look at the scope of things. You're not going to play three teams that good in a row until maybe not even when you get to the Elite Eight. I don't know if there's three better teams in the country to play back-to-back-to-back than Virginia Tech, Virginia, and Duke. And Florida State beat two of them, and they played well in, in both those games. They played a great half against Duke, and then the shots just kind of stopped falling. So I think a week of rest before Florida State plays their next game will do them very well. Mm-hmm. Go again. Worth,
3: worth noting that Leonard Hamilton is now the governor of Virginia <laughs> absolutely,
2: absolutely absolutely he swept the state of Virginia
1: yeah and back to back nights for. and I, I want to bring up a few guys in my opinion and I'm sure everybody else in the fan base too will agree uh, it, it was nice seeing uh, Nichols and Vassell uh, do their thing I thought Nichols that game against Virginia he, he was pretty dirty during that game and then we saw Vassell his jumper is beautiful isn't it Dustin
2: Hey, well, Nichols wouldn't have been able to do anything against Virginia if Vassell hadn't have just come to life against Virginia Tech. I mean, he was instrumental in that game. Obviously, he hit the shot to send it to overtime. He had a couple good plays in overtime. I believe uh, he dunked on a guy. And then, you know, Terrence Mann ends it with that shot. So Vassell's coming to life at the right time. He's a true freshman. And uh, this guy looks like he could be the next face of the program going forward.
1: There's also, uh, you know, there's another guy that's pretty good, Kevin it, it, it was a little quiet for him, uh, a tournament. Uh, and give me, give me your thoughts on, on Phil Kofer too. It's it just, I don't know. It's Up not, and down. Yeah.
2: That's, that's pretty much what you can call it, up and down. I mean, Kevin Gelly had a, a great regular season, and then he came out here in the tournament. He, he hit some shots from deep. But it it seemed like he was kind of struggling around the rim, backing guys down in the post. He was missing some shots that we normally see him knock down. I believe against uh, Virginia Tech, he was I want to say one of nine. Can anyone can anyone back me up on
3: that? Uh, so this is Kofor.
2: No, it's Gelly.
3: Uh excuse me. He was two for ten.
2: Two for ten. So, yeah. Close you know, I'm right there. Yeah. And um, but. On the opposite end, I thought Kofor, he struggled throughout the regular season since he came back from that foot injury. And then in the ACC tournament, I, I liked what he was doing. I mean, it seemed like his, his three-point shot was there. He was hitting some of those fadeaway jumpers. that he, That's like his – uh, geez. His signature, basically. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. see Phil Kofor, he like – he'll take a jump shot yeah. fading away to the side of the basket. And whenever he does that I'm like wow that's going in because that's what mm-hmm. Phil Kover does. Yeah. And it seems like he's finally starting to find his rhythm and you know if he can continue to do that over the first game of the tournament, the second game of the tournament, Florida State's prime for a run. I mean they they need Phil Kover to be hitting shots. Mhm.
1: Yeah. Florida State is, got selected to the West Region as a number four seed. They will play against number 13, a 13 seed Vermont at 2 p.m. on TBS and Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, Florida State would end up playing, uh, if everything worked out, against a number five seed Marquette and a number 12 seed Murray State in the round of 32 on Saturday. Uh, what, what do you give the chances on that? Is this a good bracket for the Knolls uh, moving forward in the in the NCAA tournament?
2: Well, first off, I just want to say how much of a snub is it for the fourth best team in the ACC to be a number four seed in the NCAA tournament? I mean, for instance, Florida State entered this weekend; they were ranked number twelve in the country. They beat um, a ranked Virginia Tech team, then they beat the number one team in the country, Virginia. And they lose in a close battle to another top five team in Duke, and then they come out and they're seeded as the number fourteen overall team. How did Florida State drop two spots? Mm-hmm. Like they should be a number three seed at the the very minimum, in my opinion. Purdue seated over Florida State, LSU seated over Florida State. FSU beat both those, te- both those teams, and they have a better record. So, <laughs> not to it's mention FSU disrespect.
3: And not to mention LSU will be playing in Jacksonville um meanwhile florida state has to go up to hartford connecticut uh, essentially in the backyard of vermont yeah. um, so clearly fsu is snub there's no rationale that i can find at least as to why two teams with wor- worse records as well as you know fsu has the head to head like you mentioned uh, just it completely blows my mind mm-hmm.
1: and and dick vitell agrees with both of y'all too he gave a lot of uh, a lot of reasoning why florida state should be ahead of, you know those guys that you those teams that you noted uh dustin it's 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 shocking it's definitely shocking for sure it's disrespectful yeah yeah, yeah, just simple. yeah it is uh how how do you think florida state uh w- which players in this tournament are really gonna have to have solid games to make their make their run dustin who's gonna have to have some some good nights and
2: well, I mean, Florida State is definitely going to need their their big man, Mifion Ducavangeli, to get back on track. Obviously, he led the team in, in scoring during the regular season. And um, Terrence Mann didn't have much offense during the ACC tournament, it felt like. I mean, he, he didn't score a bunch. He didn't score against Virginia until a dunk with about 10 seconds left in the game. And uh, so, basically, your two leading scorers right now are, are both kind of cold entering this tournament. MJ Walker needs to get back on track. And I'm I'm looking at Trent Forrest. I'm hoping this, this uh, five days or so of rest can kind of help him because I don't know about you guys, but it seems to me Trent Forrest, he looks injured out there. I mean, he's not playing with the same kind of speed that we saw earlier in the season. He seems to be affected by something.
3: Uh, it, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I noticed a little bit of a, a hitch in his giddy-up, if you will. Uh, kind of – Looks a little bit sort of like what he struggled with, sort of midseason. I don't know if it's a foot or, or an ankle, but but yeah, I don't I don't think he's 100. Hopefully, he will be by come tournament time.
1: I think you'd like to see Kamadi get back onto his game too a little bit. I mean, some like and definitely in the first game, he should be able to take advantage of Vermont, who you know we talked about before we recorded Dustin about uh, some most of these guys on Vermont not even being close to uh, Florida State's size. And you can see Kamaji take
2: advantage and also the other guys, but Kamaji by far with his height. Yeah, the good thing about Kamaji is it's getting harder to to scheme him out of games. I mean, you know, earlier in his career a team a team could just take him out of the game with uh his limitations on defense, bringing him out to a three point line and just having a big shoot a long shot to get him away from grabbing rebounds. But I really feel like he's progressed over his career, especially Um, offensively now he actually can move back to the basket and create some offense for himself but you know he's not a he's not a one-on-one player he's definitely going to need uh space to be successful but yeah like we talked about vermont's tallest guy and their rotation is going to be six foot nine so Florida state's going to have a huge size advantage here and like you said i think kamaji could play a big role in out-rebounding them by by a ton on thursday
1: well, we'll go ahead and transition now. We will definitely be recapping a lot of the March Madness games. So definitely, you guys, make sure you're subscribed on iTunes and you know follow us on SoundCloud and all of that, whichever platform you're listening to. We will be recapping a lot of these games moving forward in March, so we'll get all your coverage to you uh, throughout the weeks ahead. But let's go ahead and plug in the Carlos Williams interview. Like I said, this was incredible. I think you guys will like it. So many stories from the 2013 team, his relationship with Jimbo Fisher, and also some of his teammates like James Wilder Jr., uh, and, and just some, some awesome moments from his Clemson game, winning the, the game-winning touchdown in the overtime, uh, and how the locker room felt with Sean McGuire starting that game with James Winston being suspended. And then, of course, the national championship, too. So definitely, guys, enjoy it. Here it is.
0: They're making physical. Hard for them to stop and make the adjustment to
1: get the tackle. Here's second and ten. All kinds of time for Taylor. And he's got Carlos Williams. And he's in the end zone yet
0: again. Every game he's played in. Just the second player in league history to score a touchdown, the first six games of his career. Robert Edwards with the Patriots back in 1998, the only other. All
1: right, guys, we're here for the big interview with former Noll national champion, Carlos Williams. How are you doing tonight, Carlos.
0: Doing all right, doing all right. Watching some AAF. Um, just got done eating dinner. Um, my my boys got back from staying with my aunt, so we're about to enjoy them. My five year old has to ever go to school in the morning, so we're trying to wind down the evening.
1: I got you, I got you. How how's training going so far? I know you've been on Instagram showing you out on the field and doing some stuff with you and your friends. Uh, how's that going?
0: Mm-hmm. Training's is going well. Um, we got a pretty good group of guys. Um, a couple guys from small schools. Uh, I want to say three older guys from um, some small colleges, some uh, JUCO, some D three schools. Uh, one of my friends, uh, Prince, has actually played uh, in the AAF. He was actually on the roster for the Arizona Hotshots during training camp. He was cut, and now his rights are owned by Orlando Apollo. So he's waiting for his next foot in the door. Um, we got a couple kids playing at a couple JUCO schools. One's getting ready to go to. Ajuco, in Mississippi. Um, we have a kid that played at West Orange High School here in Central Florida, looking to try to find itself back in school to try to play some football. And another kid, a close kid, um, uh, Cody, who played at my high school, is now on the roster at West Florida. So we got a, we got a good little squad out there. We go at it twice a day, uh, once around 11 o'clock in the morning between 11 and 12. And then try to get back out there in the evening where we have a couple high school kids that play on the local high school teams come out and get some work as well.
3: Awesome, sweet deal. Uh, hey, Carlos, this is Fisher. Uh, just want to say again, thanks for coming on tonight, man. We appreciate your time. Um, Anytime. And I just want to share a, a quick personal story while we got you on here. Um, your true freshman season, is uh, it's 2011. Um, I can't remember exactly what game it was, but I remember uh, I was in seventh grade, a middle schooler, and it was always uh, such a, a, a cool part of the game experience to be able to stand uh, near the gate and get high-fives uh, from guys as they were walking out and getting warm-ups. And I remember uh, saying, hey, Carlos, how's it going? And I remember you gave me a head nod and said, what's up? And that was a cool moment for, for a small kid like me. Uh, but uh, anyway, so as we know, you've recently been reinstated uh, to the league, looking to, to make your way back in the NFL. Uh, what's your plan going forward, and how, do you, uh, how are you approaching sort of taking these next few steps? Plan to take it day by day.
0: I mean, since reinstatement, you know, it, it is a process. It's a long process. I mean, how many people understand that process? They don't only really see what, you know what the NFL puts out, what the headlines are. But it's a long process. Um, uh, you, you you hear you hear a lot, but you don't hear a lot. I mean, it's it's kind of bittersweet because you have this reinstatement, and you're looking forward to hearing from teams, getting workouts, and hoping things go smooth. But you know, they're so-called quote-unquote red flags. You I mean I, I've not played football in almost two years. Um. You know, I've been in the league's uh, substance abuse program for, since I've been in the league, and I've had ups and downs in that program, but, I mean, it's it's it's, it's a day-by-day. Day. You know, I get up, I work out, bust my behind, and hit the field twice, and making sure I'm eating right and making sure I'm doing the things that's going to get me back to that elite level I was playing at before, you know, um, I stopped playing. So, you know, you just got to take it one step at a time, and, I mean, it's all—it's all you can do. You got to wake up, put your hard head on, and go to work. And that's what I've been doing. You know, uh, I post on social media more now than I have been because you know it's, I'm being reinstated. I know pe- people want to see where the work comes from. People want to see uh, the things I'm doing. So you know, that's what—that's—that's that's what I have to do. Awesome, man.
1: You know, personally, I'm a Steelers fan, and you got with the team in 2016 with your brother, uh, and you know the whole drama between Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. What was that uh, locker room? Feeling like you know when you were there, was it like it is how the media is saying it is, or is it a little bit more tight and Tomlin's kind of got it more under control?
0: I mean, uh, when I when I when I was in when I was in Buffalo, um, we had a players' coach. Coach Rex Ryan was a true players' coach, um, and I, and I've never I've really experienced never experienced anything like it. It was for the players, all about the players. We had a lot a lot more fun. When I was in Pittsburgh, when I was in Pittsburgh, it's strictly business. I mean, the NFL is a business. Coach Tomlin is a no BS kind of guy, and that's the way he ran his organization. Um, I think that's what you kind of have to have to be and have great success. Not saying that Coach Rich Ryan hasn't been successful, but Coach Tomlin and that organization was—it was—it was—it's was almost like a culture shock, a culture change.
1: Was it? What was? Uh, you know, your brothers. Uh, a stud right now for the Steelers, and, you know, that he probably definitely wants to stay uh, there. But is there any other teams that, you know, you'd like to go to or just anyone that you get the availability for?
0: Um, If I had to pick, honestly, if I had to pick, I would pick Tampa. I would, I would love to go play for Tampa Bay. I grew up a Tampa Bay fan. I was there. Uh, I, was a, I was a little kid when, um you know, they won that Super Bowl. A lot of Noles played on that team. Um, I would love to go play close to home. I mean, I'm from Polk County, which is only a county away. Um, Hillsborough is right next door. Um, I, I actually, I was over in Hillsborough the other day going to see my brother and my sister, my two oldest siblings that live over there. So, I mean, I spend a lot of time over there anyway, and I believe my siblings will be at my house all the time if I live there. And, you know, it's just close to home for me. Uh, going away to Buffalo, um, you know, being in a new city by yourself, and, you know, you, you, you have all this money now that you didn't have before, and, you know, you just start living fast. I think now that I've been away from ball, you've got to get it. take time to wind everything back and reel it all back in and slow life down. And now, you know, I want to be closer to home. My kids all live in the state of Florida. Uh, you know, my mother is right here. I have two siblings over in Tampa. It would kind of help me keep me grounded. You know, going away and being away from family and, and close friends it will be healthy um, early in the process of playing football. And
3: it couldn't hurt to team back up with your, with your quarterback. <laughs>
0: Oh, not at all, not at all. I mean that that'd be something that'd be interesting, but I mean that'll come when the if it comes. And, you know, I just you know, James is playing good football, you know, up and down up ups and downs are gonna happen. You play in the national football league. Not every game is gonna be perfect, not season's gonna be perfect. So, you know, you just gotta take it, you know, you gotta take every, all the criticism, criticism you gotta take with a grain of salt. I mean, you gotta let it be, you know, a chip on the shoulder, a pebble on the shoulder we we gotta be able to knock it off and continue to play good football. I think I think he's been able to do that. He's handled himself like a professional, even with Fitzpatrick was playing well held himself like a professional even with the things he had going on missing football games i think he held uh he he acted like a professional handled like a professional i think he's gonna do great things moving forward absolutely
2: hey well as a bucks fan i'd love to see you uh wind up in tampa when it's all said and done <laughs> be that but, was
0: pretty
2: um awesome. that was pretty yeah for sure carlos when you switched to running back at Florida State. Uh, Whose decision, whose decision was it, or who brought it up first? Was it you or the coaches, and how tough was it to switch positions during the middle of your college career?
0: Coach Fisher asked me to play running back after my freshman year. I had the highest kick return average in the country um, in 20, 2011. Um, it was, I mean, it's not something I wanted to do. I was no more safe in the country. Um, I was getting ready to play. Coach Stoops had put a lot of trust in me, and he, 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 he made a dime package and a lot of blitzes that allowed me to test the field my sophomore year um when we uh when coach Pruitt came in the system was different um it it, it it was it was it was more complex but yet it I didn't feel like it fit me coach Stoops would put off the field to make plays go make plays I called the defense go make plays coach Pruitt was more structural you had to be at the right place at the right time and do this, move like this, move like that. And I like to play with, with a lot of freedom within structure. Um James had got a shoulder injury against Pitt and wasn't gonna play against Nevada. And coach and Coach Jimbo asked me if I would play running back for the week. And I did, and I never went back.
2: <laughs> with how everything uh Oh, keep going.
0: That, that first carry was a sixty-five yard touchdown. I, don't, I didn't think I was going back to defense.
1: After that. <laughs> Probably not. Probably yeah,
0: not. Uh, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think there was a
3: chance of me going back to defense. No turning back after that oh, one. No. Especially for FSU fans.
2: Uh, with how everything turned out and, you know, yourself getting drafted by Buffalo and having some success there, are, are you happy with, with how it went? You changed into a running back?
0: Most definitely. You get paid more offense. I truly believe that. I truly believe you get paid more. The guys that score <laughs> touchdowns, the guys that dance in the camera, the guys that put the ball in what I call the big rectangle, because I think it's that simple, um, I think they get paid the most. I mean, it, it, it's football. We're, it, we're entertainers. We're, we are paid to entertain. Um, you can't hit like able to, you were able to hit back in the day, so defense is kind of is more complicated. you got to tackle a certain way. You can't just – you know, like we say back in the day, like Lady Wood, you can't go knock people out. You can't just go make big hits. it got to be a whole, sound, and structured kind of form tackle. And, you know, that's not what yeah. people want to see. People want to see big hits and touchdowns. And I think that's what the AAF is starting to bring to the table. But, I mean, offense, you get paid. The the, the best president in the NFL, the guys that put the ball in the end zone. You don't see the guys that the guys that are not scoring, the guys that are not, you know, making big plays aren't the most popular people in the NFL. They're not the highest paid. The highest paid guys are like, it's almost like Denzel. I would, I would say Denzel would be uh, A.B. Or, uh, or Odell Beckham of football, of acting. You know what I'm saying? He has the best roles, makes some of the best movies. Of course, he's going to be one of the highest paid actors out on the market. So A.B. scores a lot. Odell makes some of the best, craziest catches, uh, yards after catch, touchdowns, and he dances and he puts on the show. He's the best entertainer in football, so he's going to get paid the most. So, I mean, offense definitely um, is, 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 is – scoring touchdowns is one of the best reasons why I love to play offense. Putting the ball in a big rectangle, having 20, 30, 40, 60,000 fans screaming at you, and you're just, there, you're just one man with one ball, and everybody's cheering for you. I mean, that's, that's, that's an amazing feeling.
3: And you know something about scoring touchdowns in the NFL, too, scoring nine of your own your rookie season with the Bills. That was crazy.
0: <laughs> That's crazy. That's a crazy experience. That was crazy. I mean, my first carry. I, I watch it sometimes. I'm like, uh, I don't know what I was even looking at. I, up, I, I ran into Richie. I ran into Richie incognito, and I just ran. I just bounced off the. I bounced off him and just ran away from Mike Adams. And I was just like, whoa! I, I realized I'm gonna hit the end zone. Like I'm about to score. And then Sammy came to Sammy said, look, you just scored." And I was like, wow, like, this is what it feels like scoring in the NFL. Like, you <laughs> stand, the, the fans going crazy. The Ralphs was shaking. I mean, those, fan, those are some amazing fans. I can't lie. They're, they're pretty they're pretty wild. I mean, scoring inside the Ralphs is like – Every time you score inside the Ralphs, is like scoring against Clemson overtime and Dope. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, we got a question coming yeah. up for that. We got that coming up.
3: Do you, do you have the ball your first touchdown?
0: I have every ball. Okay. <laughs> every ball, every ball, every single. Where are you ball. keeping those if at? Ball, if I don't have the ball, a family member has the ball, and I and all my family keeps my stuff. I can go to a family member's house and see my stuff sitting in the house. I mean, it's it's pretty awesome to be able to share that kind of stuff with family and uh you know with my kids one day, and and it's just it's just amazing, you know um you know leaving a, a legacy and and you know being able to rewrite my story, you know my story took a break i had writer's block i call it sometimes when you write my story <laughs> and you know just able to pick the pen back up and start to rewrite it and i think the ending of my story is going to be one that people people will never forget and i, I that's i think that's the mission i'm kind of on right now rewriting the rewriting and finishing a story that people will never forget one that you know is going to be you know read and and looked at and talked about for ages. i
1: like that i like that right there going back a little bit to your days at florida state uh, how were the practices, and definitely in 2013 with uh, future NFL pros like Talvin Smith, Timmy Dernigan, Lamarcus Joyner, and I know they are probably talking trash to you whenever you moved to offense.
0: It's like going into war. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like it's like watching your favorite war movie. 2013 was was an exciting season because we learned how football was was it's a business. Jimbo treated treated us like grown men. When you clock in, you go to work. When you clock out, you do what you want to do on your own time. But when you walk, when you walk inside this facility, when you step on that football field, it's about business. And he had been changing the culture since he had got to Florida State. But I think it hit its peak in 2013. I mean, think about the guys we had drafted off the offensive line alone. You had mm-hmm. th- almost three guys with a thousand yards. Your tight end almost had a thousand yards. Your, your all three running backs had seven plus touchdowns. You had one over a thousand. Me, I went over seven. James went over five. I mean, your defense. Everybody on defense got drafted. I mean, it's a war zone. It was a le- it was a legit war zone. You had to you had you. It's never it, there was never a downtime in practice where somebody didn't have their mouthpiece in or helmet strap. Who
1: who talked the most trash? I need to know this. Ooh, talked the most trash.
0: <laughs> I don't. I, ooh, Kelvin <laughs> Smith gave Jalen a run for his money. Delvin Smith was a real good trash talker, but he was real good at manipulating you, and he was a motivator, too. I mean, when I moved to offense, my first day of team run, we called it 435, and Coach Jay Graham nicknamed it 435 because I was in the meeting room. They're laughing at me. Oh, no, you get to go to 435. I'm like, I don't know what that is. Well, you're going to see it at practice today. They were giving me all kinds of hell because I'm not used to running the football on that level. You know, you got to read the defense backwards and stuff like that. So my first hit, Telvin and Christian Jones sandwiched me and my mouthpiece fell out. And they gave me a hard time. So the next time I got the ball, I hit the I hit the gap full speed. Mm-hmm. And I and after that run... They came to me after practice. Hey, look, Los. Hey, during you can't run the ball that hard. Like we thud. <laughs> like we're not touching down to the ground. You gotta chill out. But the intensity of that drill kind of helped me kind of define my running style. I've always played defense, always been the aggressor on that side, but now I have the ball in my hand. And I always tell people this if I get to you before you get to me, I'm going to win. I I I can assure victory if I get the ball. And I hit the gap, and I meet you in the gap, and I beat mm. you to the hole before you get there. I'm gonna win nine times out of ten.
1: <laughs> right yeah. down their throat.
0: Yes. And then you got <laughs> Timmy J. Who, who uh, Timmy was the, one of the nastiest three techniques that we that ever existed in college football. I mean, mm-hmm. people talk about Marcel Darius; he played the zero. People talk about the Dominique Sue; I think he played the zero. Timmy played the three and the five. Mm-hmm. He was nasty. Yeah, I'm talking it. about. I don't think. I don't think there's a double team in the country in college football that could have blocked Jimmy Journey. Mm-hmm.
1: He he got to have a lot of respect on his name. He was one of my favorites to watch. Yeah. Loco Ocho. Yeah.
3: So you said yeah. you said you're going to win nine times out of ten. You think you think Loco Ocho is the one?
0: Most <laughs> no, definitely the one. <laughs> I wouldn't let him pass me Tim for Cole. Nobody. <laughs> to. Listen, listen. Being a big back, you would think that. Con- I, I love content. Get me wrong. But I'm not an idiot. It's a lot of people in football right now wouldn't let touch me. Like my <laughs> would let my brother hit. I wouldn't let my brother hit me. we talk about it all the time. if I see the whole thing I would let you hit me, number one. come on, like I watched my brother do a uh, uh, pass rush, and He obliter- he only, there's only two backs in the NFL that ever gave him one of the best shots. One happened to be Kareem Hunt, and he ooh, 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 I'm, I, ooh he hit I, he gave my brother one of the best shots I've ever seen. <laughs> but, like you think I'm gonna let you just run from ten yards away and hit me while I stand there and chop my feet? No, not a chance. <laughs> it's go for the happen. feet,
1: go it's for not- the legs.
0: It's not gonna happen. Yeah. What do you mean? I get pa- I get paid to secure the block, whether it's hit you in the hole and I cut you. I'm out to win the I'm out to win the play. I'm I'm winning the drill.
2: <laughs> uh, Carlos, sticking with 2013. When did you know Jameis had a chance to be special? And when was the first moment that you knew this team was going to win the national championship?
0: When he, when, when he, beat, when he beat Clint, when he, when he beat out Clint in the spring game. Yeah. When he beat out Clint in the spring game. And people and we all know, and people that know football, Clint was a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. Minus the size and all that and all the other things they threw at Clint, Clint was a great quarterback. Clint had the intangibles to be a professional NFL quarterback. He had the arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could read the coverage. I mean, he had all the intangibles to be a great quarterback. They just downplayed his side. Went to West Virginia and threw that ball across the field. You know, concussions got in the way, and, you know, your health is more important than the game, and we all understand that we respect that man. Clarence still close today. But he had the intangibles to be great. And when you have a young guy who, the time he came on campus, was known for being one of the greatest in, in high school football. I mean, come out there and just perform the way he did in that spring game. And then the fall before that, we went to the Orange Bowl. We were practicing, and Coach Stoops, you know, he, he knew Jameis was going to be pretty pretty darn good. Him and Marvin Brace were on scout team. Second defense was in there, and Coach Stoops told us what was coming. He's going to run a deep post. Let's see if you guys can cover it. He threw a deep post over cover four and bombed us like it was a nothing. But the action of his shoulder and wrist, like he barely flipped the ball. And Bracey, being as fast as he was, just he could have backpedaled to beat us. He was running so fast. <laughs> but it was, you can tell that he had command of the scout team. He had command and respect of his peers. Even the guys on starting defense our sophomore year, he had respect of those guys because they've seen how how he just handled business. Like, I'm going I'm to give you guys the best work I could possibly give you, even though it's his scout team. I'm going to give you the best look I could possibly give you so you guys are prepared to play on Saturday because not my performance, but your performance is more important than me just having a good time to practice just because I'm on scout team. He took it serious. And then when it transitioned in that spring, he knew he had a chance to compete and play. He took it to a whole other level. He commanded respect. He demanded respect. He got respect. And then when it was time to shine, it was, he had no, no choice but to respect him.
1: Whenever y'all went to Clemson and beat them in Death Valley, a butt whooping there, is that when you were like, all right, this is natty time, like you felt it then?
0: Like- Clemson didn't have a chance. <laughs> I think, I think that's, one, that's one of the only games ever in my life that when I stepped off the bus, you ever, you gotta, you ever take, just take a step back and just look at the people that's around you? Mm-hmm. And you think about the guys before our class, Bjorn Warner, Tank Carradine, I mean, we had Vince. We had Vince that just left. Uh, Nick Mooney had just left. I mean, we had B. Jinx that was playing my freshman year. I mean, we had guys that were like, whoa, like we got guys that's going to go to the league like right now. And then you look at your roster, you're like all these guys are about to get drafted. Like we're winning. Like we're winning. We're dominating teams. We're beating people. We're beating people up bad. And now we get to go play Clemson. They don't, they don't stand a chance. Like, they don't stand a Getting off this bus, they don't stand a chance. That opening kickoffs. they didn't stand a chance. Mm. When we, we lined up on kickoff, obviously opposing teams, opposing teams is defense, would watch our kickoff. They would stand up and watch because they knew what was about to come down the field. Well, this is about to be reckless to bad. Like this, like this, like this, this is pure hell for them to come down the field. If you ever go back and look at the tape, we had Chad Abrams, who was a, who, who was assassin. Kelvin Smith, Christian Jones, Marcus Jordan, Terrence Brooks, T. Hunt, Tyler Hunter, me, myself, Nick Waysum. I mean, we had assassins, and we didn't care about our bodies. Mm-mm. I mean, we were made to not feel pain and to inflict only. We ran down the field. We were on a mission. Who can get to the ball first? Who can get to the ball first? And I think that summer we had started our program where we wear um, our speedometers on, 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 on our, and our pads and on our, um, our workout gear. And we were running 21, 22, 23 miles an hour. Jeez. I mean, we were hauling down the field. I mean, we were getting down there. So it, was, it was a competition to get to the ball. And meanwhile, we were still running through people's soul as we got down the field. Mm-hmm. Clemson didn't send a chance when we got off that bus. They had no idea what, what was coming. No idea.
1: No, they they learned pretty quick. What I think I believe it was Lamarcus Joyner who got the pick on the first series, if I'm correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that changed a lot. I was there. I was I was up in the nosebleeds for that one, but that whole stadium changed quick. It went from loud as all get out to very quiet.
4: And then they never out action. Action. <laughs>
1: <laughs> No, but it turned into an FSU home game there in the third quarter. <laughs>
0: Definitely did. They fans start leaving early. It was bad. <laughs> but I do think that was a turnaround of their program. I mean, they uh Deshaun Watson was just getting everything underneath itself and I mean he ended up being what one of the, one of the greatest college, college quarterbacks to play the game. And you can't take that away from him. I think that was a turning point for Clemson. I think they got tired of us beating up on them. And I think, you know, that's that's what start developing that will really start developing their 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 character there. I know the way they do things, the way the way they perform, the way they play, their attitude towards the game, and they have, been, they have recent dom- dominance over the ACC. Speaking
1: of, like, running over people, I remember that game, too. Nick O'Leary uh, had that vicious run over on uh, Travis Blanks from Clemson.
0: That was... Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> you know, it's always good when a hometown kid goes away and plays a school, plays with a school that plays his hometown team every single year. And then you get beat almost every single year. if You're playing against your hometown. Like, why don't you just stay home? You could have been a little You chose to go.
3: Yeah,
1: Travis Never took it. The, Travis took it the hard
3: way. Oh man! Speaking on speaking on Clemson, um, 2014, uh, taking on Clemson and Tallahassee. Uh, Jameis Winston suspended. Sean McGuire is starting that game. Um, uh, that was Deshaun Watson's freshman year. Um, I think you might have done something uh, pretty significant in that game um, towards the end. So I'm going to play a quick clip, and I'll ask you I'll ask you a question.
0: Hand handoff, Carlos hangs on. Bobs to the Bobs to the left side, ten to the five, three, two, 1, boom. Knowles win, Knowles win, Noles win. Carlos Williams with a 12-yard touchdown run to the left side of the formation. Stop.
2: Great Seminole, celebrate, dance to the war chair. Knowles beat Clemson 23-17.
3: Carlos, take us through that play. Take us through that moment. Take us through that really entire game. Uh, what did you feel like? Um...
0: The defense played a great part. Like, defense played amazing. You know, they had a very explosive offense. And, uh, and defense got, got the ball back. You know, they stopped them from scoring, Period. And uh, we ran two plays, and the plays that we worked on, I scored on the play uh, against NC State. Um, it, it was a simple and tight zone to the right, and a cutback. I'm following Freddie. I'm reading. I'm reading the front line. I'm reading through the front side three technique, and it kind of led me back door. But the safety didn't go with the motion the first time with Nick. He um, was hoping that the safety got out of the way. It kind of cleared. I cleared out to the end zone, straight north and south. Um, he didn't go. I ran into him and kind of rolled over top of them. And, you know, without, without any hesitation, Jamison and Coach, Coach Fisher, hey, ran it right back. He's going to do the same thing all over again because that safety's going to move this time. They're thinking hard play action, the pass to the tight end, a hard play action, a kind of quick game. So we ran it right back, and this time the safety moved. Uh, Vic Beasley, who was the first-round pick uh, by the Falcons later on, ended up squeezing real hard. Praying to God he squeezed because he's a freaking nature. Please squeeze, <laughs> make it easy. So he squeezed real down real hard. And it gave me the edge, and Rashad took the corner and uh, inside to the safety, and you know I I was able to just cruise to the end zone. I I didn't realize that there's going to be a mob of people when I turned around. I should have known better. But um, uh, Cameron Irving and Bobby Hart met me in the end zone and jumped up and we we hugged. it. I mean, it's just it's it's a feeling. I get goosebumps right now talking about it. It's a feeling that you know that's a moment in Florida history that will never go away. It'll never die. You know, Clemson that. That after that year, you know, like I said before, they started creating that dynasty. Taj Boyd, we beat them up the of my sophomore year. Then we come back our junior year, we beat them there, and it's whoa, you know, mm-hmm. whoa, it's 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 I don't know, it's 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 breathtaking. I mean, that whole stadium. Then Sean, Sean was prepared to play. I mean, we missed Jameis yeah, because Jameis was our undisputed leader. I mean, unquestioned leader. Like he was. He was the voice. I mean, he was he was he, he was it. Him and Telvin, him and Tevin were it. And then after Telvin left, we had him. But Sean was he was prepared to play. <laughs> no question prepared to play. Anytime Jameis was out, anytime James was sick, anytime you know Jameis wasn't getting reps, Sean was making the plays, he was making the throws, he was making the reads. I mean he was a leader as well. And we respected Sean just as much as we respected Jameis. Sean putting the same kind of work Jameis put in. So when we walked out that tunnel with 10 in the huddle, there was there was no question that we could go out there and beat Clemson. We weren't afraid that we that we were we were gonna lose that game. We had all all confidence in him. The play the I remember the big the big play um, to Rashad for the touchdown. Beautiful read. Took the one on one, took one of the best receivers in, in ACC history over their defensive player, touchdown. I mean, he was he was prepared to play and uh we came out on top because of Sean. Yeah, he made a
3: he made a big play in
0: that game and I'll never
3: forget uh, defense made a huge stop. I think they recovered a fumble. Uh, the camera on TV actually caught Sean McGuire mouthing, "Oh my God, we just got the ball back!" Um, <laughs> and then he goes and makes that special play to Rashad, and then goes to overtime. And then you you cap it off with a with a big run. Um, definitely a special game.
0: I think we almost tore down the, like that, that the little the the door that the band comes through at halftime. Yeah. <laughs> so many people in that area. You were on cleats in that concrete. People were slipping and falling, but I mean, there's there's no better no better feeling than that. There's no better feeling than than uh, overtime victory. When you score a touchdown in overtime, you feel like the man. Like you feel like you're like the man walking on the moon. Like I just made the play to end the game. (laughs) There's no more play. Like the game's over with. Like I scored the defining points to win the game. And, you know what, it's no better feeling than having your teammates embrace and, and just the excitement. And James was so happy for Sean because Sean played a great game. I mean, he didn't he did he didn't manage the game. He went out there and played a great game. I wonder. I mean, he led us to victory. I, uh, want,
1: I, I Sorry, I just wonder how uh, Jimbo was when, you know, that news came out the night before, I believe at like 9 o'clock or 8, 9 o'clock. And then, you know, it was supposed to be just the first half and then it was suspended for the entire game. And I wonder how Jimbo's mentality was in, in the locker room, uh, talking to, the, to his players and all of that, Carlos.
0: He was cool. I mean, you know, you as, 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 as a coach, you want to be as calm, cool, collected as possible. I guarantee the kind of words you said to James was, come on, man, like you gave him a Chris Carter. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, he was cool, calm, cool, collected. Like I said, we were confident in Sean. If anything was to ever happen to James, Sean could have led us to victory. I still believe we would have been in the same, for, the same spot we were if Sean played the entire year. We would have won those games. We would have went out and played in the games we played in postseason. We would have been fine. Sean was a leader. We, we, we were just blessed to have Jameis Winston in the locker room. Sean was a great quarterback. I mean, he, I mean it, there were a little little bit more attention to detail. There was a, a little less freedom because Jameis was – I mean, Jameis made plays that a lot of people – Jameis threw a touchdown to KB – I think the, the year before, the year when that championship laid on his back. I, I think it was against, I, I, I want to say it was against Stone Cookman. He was falling backwards, sliding backwards and threw a touchdown to KB at the corner the end zone. I mean, I've never seen anything like that. The, the pass to Boston to Kenny Shaw at Boston College was, was ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, Nick, Nick, he threw one to Nick O'Leary that was ridiculous that same year. I mean, mm-hmm. Jameis just had that it factor. Um, but we were very confident. I mean, he was confident. We were confident. And we to go out there and just play execute. We did that.
3: Uh, you talked a little bit about
0: uh, going down on on kickoff, um,
3: and you know we mentioned how you know you played safety early in your career and switched to running back. Um, I want to go back to uh, t- 2012, um, playing Florida in Tallahassee. Um, this is kind of the game that kicked off the the winning streak for you all, um, and you had a big hit uh, in that game.
0: That kickoff was the the the, the payback. For the fumble I had earlier. I fumbled the ball earlier on a kickoff return. I ran in the back of Chad by accident and I got hit from the side and coughed the ball up. and gave him great field position and I believe Mike Gillisley scored a touchdown like on the next couple plays. It was a terrible feeling. So that next kickoff, I told him I'm going to beat y'all to the ball and I'm going to assassinate Furifoy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to knock him out of his path. He didn't see it coming. I ran down the field. I bent the corner, and my only thing on my mind was try to rip his helmet off his shoulders.
1: You popped him.
0: I tried. I tried to take his soul away from him.
1: And I think I think I that to, happened.
0: I tried to. I mean, it was a lot of frustration coming behind those pads when I hit him. It was a whole lot of frustration, aggravation. I don't fumble, and I fumbled that ball and gave him great field position. That's a real terrible feeling to jog back to the sideline. You know, after, after you give up a fumble and like you're jogging back, it's like you had one job: it's a hole to the ball. Uh,
3: one more play that was kind of pretty significant in your career. Um, some game against, I think the, I think y'all played Auburn uh, out in like California. Some people might not remember it, um, but you had a fake, you had a fake punt in that game, um, and some people say that Florida State might not have won that game. Uh, without that play um, So take us through that And uh, take us through the, That moment uh, Of when you converted that
0: The good old fake punt man I mean that play That play is hilarious The story behind that play is hilarious So we're on the field And Coach Fisher always If it's third and long Third and certain distance He'll just click his hand And that means kick, get, get it out of here Kick it out of here And it's almost something You gotta pay attention to your coach I mean I'm I pay attention to a lot of small things I knew my coach did that On, on third down If it was deep Kick it out of here. Fourth down. Kick it out of here. Get it out of here. Kick it. Go talk to coaches about defense. What we what we looking at? How it's looking upstairs. But Coach Kelly had asked him over the radio, "Hey, you want to go rocket?" He did his finger. He said, "Let's go." And he walked away. You can hear him talking. You can see him talk to the defensive coaches. So he told us on the sideline, "Rocket, go out there. We changed formation. We shift the formation." And Jimbo's looking like, "Hey, what is it?" He said, "We call rocket. Ball snaps. Dan, he gets the ball. Toss it to me." I've lost about three yards because I had to give myself some space. You can hear Coach Fisher screaming, no, 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 no. <laughs> Bend the corner. I start beating Ray Armstrong around the corner, hit to the first down marker. You can see him go, yes, 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 yes. And literally that, that moment was, I mean, later on that drive, James had a couple great runs, put us in field position, and then Devontae Freeman busted open with a power run into the end zone, and that kicked off kind of that momentum change of that entire game.
1: And that kind of brings it to another big moment, too, whenever uh, Kermit took it to the house in Pasadena.
0: I told him not to come out the end zone. That's the craziest part because it was, it was pretty deep. And I was like, "No, what, they're hauling, they're hauling behind downfield. I really don't want him to bring it out. So usually it's up to me. If I see, I see a lot of pressure, I hold my hand out, tell him no. He told me, look, Losa, they kick it to the goal line, I'm coming out. I say, just, just let me call it. They kick, I'm coming out. They kicked it, and it was floating a little bit. So I looked, I said no, and all I can hear is I'm looking at. Him, he said, "Go, go, 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 go." <laughs> I have no choice but to take off and run. Chad had a great block. Um, Gerald Dimples had another great block, and then it was off to the races. I mean, it was it's a track meet after that, and I believe I don't think Kermit ever ever lost the track. Meet.
4: <laughs> no, you you're you're
1: in stride with him there. You had caught up to um
0: Oh, I was I was try I was. Tra- i got to get there. Hopefully, I was hoping that the guy in front of me that I was was chasing two blocks, I was hoping he would stop running at at some point in time, he ended up pulling his hamstring. But the crazy part about it was Kermit had hit top speed and started to cruise out. And people don't even know that. Like, he wasn't really running top speed. He hit top speed and started to decelerate once he knew he had got beat on his ankle. He was cool. I was still trying to catch up. I was hoping he wasn't (laughs) celebrating. I I didn't want him to celebrate too much at the end zone.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you pulled his arms back. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't want him to celebrate too much in the end zone. I didn't want anything disastrous to happen. I had to catch myself a couple times. I've had to catch myself a couple. When I scored my my first touchdown ever, scoring um, was so crazy. Kick return against Miami. Um, Peter Work was standing in the end zone, and Peter Work is known for being one of the greatest ever players at Florida State. But I got to wear number nine, and as I score, he I'm looking dead at him, and I want to jump on him to take a picture, like this, be in the camera. But I was like. Uh, that's like 15 yards. So you kind of got to reel yourself in. And that was just that was just against, man, like he got a 100-yard kickoff return against Auburn, and that's a championship game. Like, you know, I didn't want anything to go downhill from there. But, I mean, he, had, he handled himself like a professional right then, and it was just – that's one of the greatest moments in college football history.
1: Jimbo Fisher doesn't play those games with celebrating that much. He got on to Nooney the last couple Dude. of years about that.
0: Yeah, he, uh, he's uh, – like I said, he's, it's a business, man. It's a business. It is a strict, strict, strict business. But I can say, and I guarantee a lot of guys that play for Coach Fisher can say, it paid off in the long run. Yeah. It paid off in the long run.
2: Carlos, you were pretty vocal on social media last year about <clears throat> Florida State. You know, obviously their struggles, losing the, the bowl streak. What do you What do you think were some of the main problems with the team last season, and how do you think they can turn it around in 2019?
0: I mean, as, as a fan of football, it's hard to see your alma mater. It's hard to see the school where you competed at and played for uh, uh, play and struggle the way they did. I mean, I, I think it, we have to understand it's going to take time to get the guys to run that system, and Taggart's system is going to work. Success is going to come, but we're, we're expecting it way too soon. Um, your, your, your two backs, Cam Akers and Jacquez Patrick, the first year, uh, are downhill runners. They run downhill. Cam can't catch the ball. He can't run routes. But when you get Cam a full head of steam downhill, I don't think there's a better back in college football. When you get Jaquez Patrick seven, six yards deep in the backfield and run downhill, I don't think there's a better big back in college football. um I think the most complete back is Leborn. I think he's a he he can he can run routes. He can catch the ball in the backfield. He can obviously make moves over field and extend plays. But as far as the run game downhill, those two guys need to be running downhill. It kind of disappointed me to see uh, Jaquez Patrick catching screens out the backfield three or four times in the game.
1: Yeah, that was tough. Watching Jacquez get out there and get passes thrown to him off the screens just didn't seem to work that well. I
0: mean, it's a, it's a part of the offense, I understand, but at the same time, it, those guys wasn't fit in the system. And I've been in the system where I I, I, I fit in Buffalo. I knew Coach Rex Ryan ran the ball downhill because he did it every year he played with the Jets. We're going to play nasty defense, and we're going to run the ball down people's throats. So I knew what I was getting myself into. I kind of knew I kind of fit that mold. You know, that's something that you got um, you, you to know going into it. When I went to Pittsburgh, that's not a system that, you know, I was equipped for. I had to learn how to change my game. I had to learn how to run routes. I had to learn how to move without the football a lot more than I did in Buffalo. And that's something that, you no know, that Le'Veon was able to do, and now he's, what, one of the best backs in the league. So, you know, you got to be prepared for the for the system difference.
1: How was it practicing? Just kind of going back to one of my questions in Pittsburgh, how was it practicing with Le'Veon Bell? Because it's it's shown and it's been told that he does, during his offseason, he's always there, definitely like with AB2. They're both alike uh, training really hard. But how was it like in practices with Le'Veon Bell? Did he give you some tips during the time or, you know, while you were there?
0: It's like watching a human highlight reel in practice. Jeez. It's like watching human highlight reel in practice. I'm no no joke, no joke. Do I think I'll, do I Do I think I'm one of the best backs in, in in the NFL? Yes. When I touch the football, when I play, I'm one of the best backs in the NFL. I truly believe that. I don't I don't need 30 carries, 20 carries. I just need 10, nine or 10, and I and I I'll, I'll prove it to you. I don't need a bunch of touches, and and I proved that my rookie year, but. Le'Veon Bell's a human highlight reel. I've never seen that. He can run routes. He can beat any kind of man coverage. You're not going to put a safety or a linebacker on him. I mean, he's going to outwork you. He's going to outrun you. I mean, he's going to he's going to he'll make you miss in the phone booth. And then on top of that, AB, I've never seen a guy catch footballs in ten degree weather with no gloves on.
1: Now, I've 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 seen him with practice videos and all that kind of stuff, and he acts just like he's in a game. It seems like
0: yeah, he, pra- he practices like it's a game, every day. Every single day. He practices like he's in a game every single day. Every catch has to be toe-tapped. I mean, every ball is going to be caught, eyes, hands to eyes, to pocket, to tuck, to run. I mean, in every place like that. When he blocks, he's going to block you. Mm -hmm. He's going to to block you. He's going to put hands on you. He's going to play violent when it's a run play. And you don't find that in too many receivers that does that. I mean, you got some guys that block, some guys that run out there and get in the way. A.B.'s going to block you. I mean, I've seen those two guys. Man, they go at it. I mean, and, they, and, it, and it's pure competition inside those practices.
1: And they just got paid, too. And two different spots. Well, it's crazy, yes, they, crazy they man. And the same year, they're paid. gone. Same year. Would have never thought that this time yeah, last year. Be, never would have thought it.
0: Uh, I mean, it's like I said, I've been away from football for, for quite some time. It's a business, man. I mean, it's a business. It's it's a true business. I, I think I, I I think it's a business. I think a lot of things were said that kinda of blew people's minds. I think a lot of people have a lot of freedom to do what they want to do and I think that's blowing people's minds.
1: Going to my last question here for the pod podcast, uh I, I wanna just get your uh thoughts about your favorite memory while at Fort State it can be on field, off field uh, while you were studying in the library, uh, and who was your closest teammate while you were there? Someone that you hung out with a lot, um, and just give us a little bit of that.
0: My, my, cl- I will go with my closest teammate. I mean, I played both sides of the ball, so that, that, that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of hard. I mean, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be that's that's kind of hard to kind of say. I mean. That's real. It's real hard to say. Oh, my closest that I hung out with a lot of people. I mean, mm-hmm. I played running back. I did play DB. I played linebacker my sophomore year. We won the ACC championship. I mean, so it's kind of hard to pinpoint. I mean, I was close with a uh, matter of fact, a lot of guys playing the AF right now. I'm very close with uh, Giorgio Newberry. I mean, I met him my sophomore year, and I called him Unk because he looks like somebody's daddy. He had a full goatee and beard at <laughs> tenth grade, and I'm like, there's no way that this guy is like. <laughs> You know, fifteen, sixteen. I mean, he's a grown man. No, he's in your class. And then you know, he called me nephew from that day. So we're really close. I actually got to watch him play last night. He's playing extremely, extremely well. Um, he, him and Reggie North are playing well. Terrence Parks is playing well. Marcus White is playing well. Ryan Green played in the game before. Is playing well. But and, like I said, like all those guys are off different side of the ball. And I play, I play, I hung out, and play with all those guys. So I can't really pinpoint my. My closest friend. Um,
1: Y'all were big family. Lamarcus
0: group, Brut- yeah. yeah Lamarcus and Keelan Smith. They're both from Port St. Lucie Treasure Coast. Same school as Jeff Luck. And we, we us three, were very, very close. I mean, we still communicate and talk right now. So, I mean, if I would have to say about anybody, it'd be those two. And then on top, it, well, to top of it off, is James Walter Jr. Mm-hmm. Me, <laughs> me, 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 and James. I'm not gonna say me and James have been on plenty of. Um, We've we had some good times together at, in Tallahassee. I will say we've had, we had had a lot of good times and late nights in Tallahassee. Me and that guy. Yeah. Y'all had a lot of y'all had a lot of
1: celebrating to do. A lot of celebrating. Uh, yeah, a lot
0: of celebrating. We had some pretty late nights and fun times in Tallahassee, man. Right. Me and James to sit down and talk about just sit, we had to sit down, you know, have a drink, have something to eat, and just sit there and reflect on college. Woo, we had some pretty good times together. But, um, you know, well, me and James were actually a uh, funny story. matter of fact, here's my greatest moment ever. All the freshmen got together, and we're at Coach Grant's house, Eddie Grant's house. And, you know, we haven't touched the ball yet, I haven't even practiced yet. you know, it's right before camp opens up. and know all the freshmen are talking, blah, blah blah, and James is talking about how he's just going to run people over. And I said, I'll be damned."
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so our, our first day of practice, our first day of practice. It's like third or fourth team, we're getting reps. And we're doing team run. And Damn. me and James meet like five yards up the field. We're running full speed. I'm talking running full speed. And like two rockets hit each other and just blow up. Boom. Mm. I've never seen Coach Christian Custer us so much in our life. Are you guys stupid? Are you guys lost their mind? What is wrong with y'all? The stud? What, do you, what do you mean? Like we got pads on for what? Like we it's time to hit. Listen. We called, man. That practice lit up so quick. Oh, y'all two were idiots. Like y'all are trying to kill each other out here. Like it's first day of class. Like there's something wrong with y'all. We ran full speed into each other. Full. I mean, and b- not the night before we were going at it, back arguing back and forth at Coach Grant's house. So they knew it was coming. All the freshmen knew that these two idiots were going to run into each other full speed and trying to kill each <laughs> other. It was no if and buts about it. Oh, it was coming. It was inevitable. But when we did, Coach Fisher almost lost it. Like he almost <laughs> lost it. Are you guys idiots, you kind of break each other necks. It's the first <laughs> day of pass. What are you guys doing? And, and so, J- yeah, that was that was, uh, that was that was definitely one of my favorite moments of playing college football. Like at Florida State, that was yeah, that was, that got to be top. That got to be top
3: three. Sure, he was saying, "I've got number one running back in the country, number one safety in the country, trying to kill each other." First day. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh it was bad it, it, it was also oh another one Timmy Jernigan had grabbed Sterling lady and hip-tossed him with one arm okay. <laughs> he hip-tossed him with one arm I, me- I remember after that practice Nigel Bradham Nick Moody all of our older guys went into you no know, they, they did interviews because officials let um, uh, freshmen do interviews they went to interviews it was like hey who's the most impressive freshman of the day out of the class Nigel Bradham said Timmy Jernigan he's gonna be a day one he's gonna be a day one starter He's, he's going to start day one. There's no way this kid could not start. He literally flipped a lineman over his hip using one bicep. We've <laughs> never seen that before. We've never seen anything like that before in our life. Now, I've seen some big people, but I've never seen a person that's just that, that strong.
1: Mm-mm, no. Go, going a little bit back to James Wilder, too, because whenever you had your kick return against Miami, yeah, somewhat, someone was Thank to you. blame for that.
0: Thank you, James. <laughs> oh, we talk about that all the time too. We talk about it all the time. All the time. All the time. Yeah, all the time. So so James, you know I had the longest kick return to forest in history. Bro, it wasn't the hold. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that, that that's what that, that's not what the flag said. So I mean all, oh Remember I tell you about the speedometers we used to wear?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So Chris Thompson and Marcus Jorner had ran the fastest times over the summer and we were in camp. And we, we were, they, were, they were doing what we call coming out. So, they were like on the 10-yard line going towards the end zone. And Chris Thompson had broke on like a stretch. And the joiner was the backside corner. And they raced to the corner of the end zone. I mean, they were hauling tail to the end zone. They both clocked out at 23. No, it was 23.2 and like 23.5 miles per hour. Uh, I'm talking about I've never, I've never seen two people run that fast in my life in my life because Vic was like they almost broke the thing <laughs> like, they almost broke them. Like, they, they, like I've never seen him like they were getting it and then Joyner attacking him at the two-yard
1: line <laughs> Joyner got him
0: oh yeah like you know you, you see a play like you know running back gets through the hall and they run about five or ten yards but mm-hmm. Chris was running fast and I guess like he seen Joyner running too and they both decided we're well, just gonna take off and see who beat who the end zone I've never seen two people run that fast. They, they, their acceleration was out, 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 of this world.
1: And Joiner oh, just world. got paid too, forty-two mil. Oh yeah,
0: yes. Yeah. I can't. I can't believe the Rams let him go. You ain't mm-hmm. got Eric Weddle. Yeah. Went got, uh, listen. Don't get me. Don't get me started on. Listen. You want to have a regular conversation? We're we'll in the podcast. We'll talk about free agency. But I mean, <laughs> you have no idea. You have no idea. Free agency's been blowing my mind.
4: Mm-hmm. It's
0: been blowing my mind. You got you went you went and got Eric Weddle. You let Lamarcus Jorner go. Silly. What what team do you think uh, made I, the best I, I move
3: just don't this get it. Who do you think made the best move this off season?
0: Who I mean, Oakland is doing a pretty good job. You know, I got a lot of respect for um, Coach Gruden. Um, he actually did a you know quarterback camp. He does pre draft out of Wildwater Sports. Um, I've trained out there with Coach Tom Shaw since I've been a little kid. So i got a good I got to catch balls from the, all the top quarterbacks over the years that came out to his camp, um, and that's pretty cool experience, but I got to see him one on one but he's a professional. I mean he knows how to build a roster. he knows what he knows how to rebuild his team. He knows what he's looking for. he's looking for his mode of guys. I think he's finding that um I, that move with a b you got Derek Carr, a receiver that's going to put in the work. You know he's not just a guy that's going to be that he's not just a flashy guy he's he, he flashy but he also works to you know to that level he puts in the time and puts in the effort to deserve where he's at today i mean um they just got the other guy from uh from uh the chargers their big time mm-hmm. receiver uh williams and i yeah. think he's going to make a lot of plays for them as well i mean their tight end situation is going to get solved um their quarterback situation is solid um their run game uh, hey, call me, Oakland. Uh, I'll be happy to come out. Um, <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, but, I mean, I think I'll I think I look good in black and silver. Who wouldn't look good? <laughs> but I'm saying. But, I mean, uh, they have a good team. Their defense is, is going to be solid. You wouldn't got, got, have you got one of the best safeties in the game right now. I mean, so I think they're doing a good job out there. Um, who else is making some pretty good man, moves? How about the Browns right now, man? The, the Browns are making crazy moves. Now, I wanted to call my brother and ask him, what kind of coverage are y'all gonna run? Like you going uh, you gonna man, run you going run quarters Shit. you going run quarters all day? Cause, it's gonna you, be Okay, tough, first man. you have first your quarterback's mobile. Boom, mm-hmm. so that's number one. Two, you have Nick Chubb. Hunt's gonna come back from suspension, and you got Duke Johnson who can play one, two, three, four, five, or, or the fifth receiver. You got David Ajoku who's a monster at tight end, and you got to cover. Let's go from let's go from bottom to top. Callaway. Because he's been playing very, very good football. You got to cover Jarvis. Then you got to cover Odell.
1: I'm not, I'm not looking forward to it.
0: I, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out where's the coverage coming from.
4: <laughs> yeah, bro-
0: there, there is no. You can't run man coverage. There is no, there's no, there's no such thing as cover one or cover zero. Mm-mm.
1: Your brother. Your brother's it. got his work cut out for him. Oh yes, he does.
0: Yes, he does. I think it's all of football all I of think football everybody right has to look it up for yeah D coordinators right now are in their office hey boys what's the new coverage we can create you mm-hmm. might as well go on Madden go to create a playbook and start creating coverages right now because there is no way you can cover that field mm-hmm. at any given time Gary Price, at any given time it can be six
1: it's going to be it's going to be a fun 2019 is going to be if fun if you run
0: the ball with those three back. Any carry with those three backs can be sick.
2: mm Mm-hmm. Hey,
0: it's Corey.
2: <laughs> That's a fantasy football team on one roster. Yeah, it is. It is. It's silly.
1: <laughs> well, man, this is what now our recording with you, man. This this is this is gold. I'm I'm so excited that we got you on here, and I know us from here, the Spear and Noel Game Day, including the FSC fan base, is so happy to hear from you. We're all rooting for you too. Uh, wherever. Absolutely. Yeah, wherever it takes you, man, you got a lot of a lot of the fan base behind you. Uh, we want to see you do well, uh, and and as always, thank you, thanks thank for you. thanks for coming on here. Let's stay close contact. Hopefully, we can get you on here maybe next anytime. season or something like that, and preview a football game, maybe a maybe a Clemson game or a Gator game or something like that.
0: Any anytime anytime. In the meantime, I'm gonna send you a pigeon game. So just get ready to get beaten eight ball. Any, <laughs> any, any, any pigeon game you want it in i'm just get just beat eight ball just i'm i'm prepared I'm prepared for pigeon games I, I, I know you see it on my I know you see it on my social media post oh I know you I do down, send me basketball eight ball four uh, connect four any game you want it in just send it over i'll take we do i will take care of business.
1: What about pong though? there's a pong one on there oh, you, you can't take me in that nah, you can't take me in that nah.
0: Game is been sent as we speak.
1: Are oh, you going to send it now. <laughs>
3: as we
4: speak, game uh, has been sent.
3: On our next show, it'll be Carlos Williams versus Logan Robinson. <laughs> Play-by <laughs> play-by-play updates. Yeah, I, I will. But no, uh, no, yep, I, I, just, really really appreciate
1: it I just got the notification, so we'll take care of this after the podcast.
0: <laughs> hey, awesome. I also
2: still want oh. to see that Eric Dickerson uh, signed picture that you got.
0: Oh, matter of fact. I'm gonna go. I'm going go grab it. I'm gonna send. I'm gonna send Logan a picture right. I'm gonna send Logan a picture right now.
2: I mean, <laughs> I, you, you
0: guys understand. I'm sitting at camp, and uh, this is my second camp, and I wasn't practicing yet. I had to, I had to get um, clear, medically cleared, and and I, and I got. I do signings for. Was like, hey, I got a surprise for you. Come out of your room. I'm like, well, I'm getting ready to walk. i to practice now. Perfect. I meet you on the field. So I get done with conditioning. I'm get, I'm get, I'm actually watching practice, getting mental reps. I got a script in my hand, and all of a sudden, I get a tap on the shoulder. And I hear fans talking behind me. Like people are talking, oh my God, oh my god, blah blah blah. I'm like, what like, what are they talking about? I turn around, it's like this six three, you know, smooth looking cat, like a nice little suit some, some tacky <laughs> and like like, it's like some the designer shoes. I'm like, hold on, I think I think I think that I think that's Eric <laughs> I'm like he said, Hey, you know, I heard you're a huge fan of mine, I got some for you. Turn around, he pulls out this huge autograph photo. It's already framed. Man, I, mean, I uh, wanted to crown the football field. Wow. During that during that same time, Ladainian Thomason was working with NFL Network and came out to practice. I got a couple of pitches for him. He was like, "Look, whatever you twenty two nine, whatever you're doing, you keep doing it. You know, we all have bumps in the road, we all have ups and downs, but whatever you're doing, you just keep doing it." And man, I mean that that meant the world to me.
1: That's awesome, man. That you get you got a lot of support behind you, man, and we're we're excited. I definitely
0: do. We're, I can definitely. Say I definitely do.
1: Yeah, we'll be covering some games of you soon, that's for sure. <clears throat> Appreciate it. Well, Carlos, thanks for coming on. I'll make sure to get on Pong on my phone here in a couple minutes and take care of business <laughs> there. Uh, I'll be undefeated <laughs> for the night. Uh, but uh, <laughs> thanks as always, man. Thanks for coming on, and I ho- we'll hope to have you on later uh, in the year for sure.
0: Thank you guys yeah. very much. Anytime. I'll never keep you posted on what's going on. If I have workouts or anything pops up, You'll be one of the first people to know. I really do appreciate the time, and it's been amazing chatting it up with you guys. All
1: right, guys, we are back from the interview. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. We definitely want to have Carlos Williams on soon, hopefully to recap, or preview a game uh, next season, probably most likely a Clemson game, I think. Uh, and uh, we definitely uh, appreciate him coming on, and we are definitely rooting for him moving forward. But let's get into the current situation with Florida State football. Uh, they are going through spring practices right now. It's a little quiet, honestly, from things we've been hearing. Uh, but I, I think it's a, a good time to go ahead and uh, predict some of our, our top breakout players on offense and defense, uh, and and see who's going to be a stud coming out of uh, out of camp. So uh, who wants to take it first? We got a couple weeks. Uh, before the spring game in Tallahassee, but uh, who, who wants to take it first on offense? Your your top breakout player after spring,
3: Dustin. You got it.
2: I'm <laughs> um, looking at some of the the younger receivers to kind of break into Tevishu's rotation this year. Guys like Trayshawn Harrison, Jordan Young, Keyshawn Heldon, who get, who could earn a starting spot by the time it's all said and done. So. They've all been performing very well, gaining chemistry with James Blackman, and they were all very, very well-respected prep stars in their own right. I mean, Treshaun Harrison was probably the best player out of Washington State. Jordan Young rose up the recruiting rankings in his senior season with probably the rawest highlight tape I've ever seen for a wide receiver. And then Keyshawn Heldon is a under-the-radar gem from Pensacola who had that long touchdown against Clemson last year and started making a name in his own right. So I'm looking forward to seeing how those guys play in, in the Garnet and Gold and seeing them make some plays because I think all three of them could, could be exciting.
1: Uh, Dustin, we're going to have to cancel that. We need you to pick one, please.
3: Yeah, you can't. Oh, you no. can't. name all those names that you just named
1: the the listeners want to hear one they want to hear one so then when you're absolutely wrong then they can be in your mentions
2: right (laughs) all right well if i had to pick one i'm gonna go with trey harrison just because i really like some of the skills he showed during his freshman season he had that touchdown against wake forest where he caught the pass spun spun past a defender then juked a defender and into the end zone so if he can get some more time on the field, I think we'll be seeing some more plays like that. He kind of reminds me a little of uh, Peter Warwick, and I'm pretty sure Peter even agreed a little bit when we brought him on the podcast. He did. I remember that. It's a good pick.
3: That is a good pick. Um, I got a couple in mind. I got I got one that, that is my pick, and then I got an honorable mention. Okay. Um, oh, yeah,
1: oh, there we go. That's cheating too. Let now, Let Fisher talk oh. about it a little bit, and then he's going to have to talk himself into you know what the right answer should be <laughs> just like you did dustin
3: right so <laughs> so i'm going with uh warren thompson uh mm. he's a guy that he's he registered his freshman year uh, which is last year and he's yet to see the field um but he's a big guy 6'3 201 i'm sure he's a bit bigger now um that's what he's listed out oh, on the wow. roster so i'm excited about him excited about seeing uh him make some physical plays i think he's got some speed to him as well and we've been seeing uh, highlights of him coming out of practice uh, early on in, in uh, spring practice. So, uh, looking forward to seeing what he can do. Um, as far as my honorable mention goes, I'm going to go uh, Corey Gr- or Anthony Grant. Excuse me, uh, big time running back. He's a bruiser. I think he's also got some speed to him. Um, Great man, pick. He, yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, he he honestly showed that he he's capable of of playing football early last year. Is he is he I mean, was a starter on special teams his true freshman year. Um, so super excited to see what he can do. I think he's going to be a, a really nice complement to, to Laborn and uh, makers.
1: Yeah, it's worth noting Amir Rasool has transferred too. So. Right, right.
2: Can I bring up one more? Do what? Can I bring up one more guy?
3: Go for it.
1: Go for it. We, we, we promise not to make you look silly if you're wrong later on.
2: All right. Redshirt freshman, offensive tackle. hmm Chaz Neal. Now, when Chaz Neal came here, he was a defensive lineman. He switched positions over to uh, offensive line last year. And most people really just thought the only reason that Chaz was here was so Florida State could get his cousin, Evan, who I think you guys remember. He went to, like, Alabama, right? Right. I believe so, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, a lot of people thought Chaz would never play over his career and um, I believe when me and Fisher were talking earlier, Fisher said he had put on fifty something pounds since he got to Tallahassee, and then this spring he added twelve more pounds. He's almost up to to three hundred pounds now. So he's got a very impressive. He's six foot seven. He's got a very impressive physique. We've seen some videos where he looks much improved than he did last year in the uh, the null drill. So I'm excited. I don't know. I don't think he'll play this year. He's a developmental type of guy, but. Going forward, Chaz Neal could be a really good story for the Florida State football program.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. give I'm gonna give my pick. I don't know if I'll have an honorable mention in there like y'all did, because um, <laughs> I don't need people in my mentions and all that saying I'm wrong, because uh, that'd be very rare for me to be wrong, anyways. So uh, <laughs> offensively, I'm gonna go with running back Kalen Laborn. So he went through what looked like it was, it was a gruesome injury on a kickoff return. Uh, and he ended up being, a, it, I think of it as a minor injury because it could have been the ACL, but he's recovered very well. He's been running for weeks now sprinting. I know he's been running routes with a quarterback, James Blackman, but just the flashes that I saw against Virginia tech is all that I needed to see. Uh, that one, that one, juke uh, is just silly like i said and i know once ryan gets back on here too he'll give me crap for it but i see a little bit of Le'Veon bell and i think that works perfect with the offensive line situation at florida state i think he's very talented i think he's got the mentality and the competition is going is has already started for that uh running back that starting running back position uh and i, I think that just heats up uh heats it up even more for him to get a lot of playing time and I think it works just just works better than Cam Akers and Taggart's offense and the system that he runs Uh, and I think he's a great ball catcher as we saw definitely in the Virginia Tech game Uh, and this this guy is someone to keep an eye on Uh, for someone also that's in there I would like to just note since it's just on offense it doesn't have to be a breakout player because we've already seen him play quite a bit but to have a successful season, I think, or a, a nice spring, from what I've seen so far and heard, I think I think quarterback James Blackman is is going to have a nice season, definitely with his wide receiver targets that he has, and what I saw at practice with him connecting with DJ Matthews, that's gonna you're gonna hear that all throughout the season. Uh, him and DJ Matthews are a silly silly tandem, and then also the problem is is that he's also got uh, Tamarion Terry, who's a deep threat and. We know James Blackman has one of the uh, one of the prettiest uh, deep balls uh, in the country, in my opinion. Uh, so uh, James Blackman's got a lot of targets. I thought the way that he was uh, reading defenses and practice uh, was was very nice. A lot different than what uh, Francois showed us. Uh, he, he sits back. He's a little bit more relaxed, like he's noted in some of the uh, press conferences. Uh, after practices saying that he's he feels a little bit he knows that he's got to trust his offensive line you can't be scared going out there uh and and the way that he was